This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 478. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by co-host and producer, Matthew Matty M. <laughs> Glad to be here with you, man. Glad to be here with you. Switching it up. We're doing uh, the night or the evening. It's kind of night for me, right? I'm older, but six o'clock episode for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're <laughs> intruding on your your family life and on your bedtime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get old, man. You got to go to bed early. <laughs> Well, we are glad to be with you all on this fine evening, still afternoon for me in Mountain <laughs> Time Zone. But um, we uh, we have or we are bringing to you in this episode our monthly Justified Save episode. So here's your monthly dose of civilian uses of deadly force in defense, uh, lawfully and legally, of course, as best as we can ascertain. Uh, we'll provide our our. Uh, analysis of these events as best we are able to as well. Uh, we've, the reason we do this, we feel there is value in uh, hearing about people that, people just like you and me that have to use their guns in defense. Uh, that's why we carry a gun. That's why we do the concealed carry thing. That's why we do the concealed carry podcast. Uh, and, and I think the benefits are, number one, first, hearing and understanding that these kind of things do happen and they happen more frequently than we probably really know. Right. Because these stories we do share on the podcast are, well, we do whittle down the list some, but they are still only a small fraction of what can actually be found out there in the media. There's many things that probably aren't even reported or at least reported accurately in the media. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's good, I think, to hear that these things do happen and that often civilian concealed carriers and gun carriers do the right things and and are successful in prevailing in these situations. But we also commonly bring to you some situations where things didn't go quite quite right. And there's lessons to be had in those as well. Even in the stories or the situations where the good guy prevails and, and generally does things well or well enough to prevail, there's still, we find many times, lessons that we can take away from those. And that's that's why we do this. So we appreciate you for being with us for another special episode because they're all special. Every episode's like my, my little babies. Just kidding. Uh, so anyway, we thank you. We're, we thank you for joining us for this uh, episode today of the Concealed Carry Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored and brought to you by Ammo Supply Warehouse. Go on over to AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com to well keep an eye on when they get ammunition in stock, and they do get it in stock periodically. All right. In fact, you know, in case people think it is. Uh, um, not possible or that it doesn't happen. I just showed Matthew before we began. I, I got ammo in my hand today that I ordered online. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, there, there's stuff out there to be had. Be patient. Sign up for notifications where you can. Make sure you're on the AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com's email list and uh, shop. You know, do the best you can. Uh, and this stuff I bought wasn't inexpensive, but it wasn't 
terribly priced either. So there's there's ammo to be had. You just got to be patient and uh, be diligent in finding it. So we appreciate your support of our sponsor, AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com. Also, today's episode brought to you by CCW Safe. Uh, that is my choice for self-defense coverage. In fact, uh, show you here my CCW Safe Ultimate Member Challenge coin. There you go. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. They start sending these out, which is pretty cool, right? So, and it's nice. You know, I have this little challenge coin. It has their emergency hot hotline number right on there too. Uh, so that's nice to have and have quick access to. Although I recommend making sure you have the emergency hotline programmed into your phone as well. All right. Maybe not even a bad idea to memorize it. Um, but uh, guys, uh, I choose CCW Safe for that additional legal protection, if you will. And by that, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't automatically get, it's not a get out of jail free card for if you make mistakes and poor, unethical, not legal decisions in your use of force. But it is there to provide me unlimited in terms of hours as whatever's needed. Okay. As far as the, the, the law or the legal representation, right. To get through and navigate the difficult waters that come after the use of deadly force in defense. Okay. And it does happen. All right. So it's a good idea to consider some form of self-defense coverage. I would encourage you to take a look at CCW safe, go to ccwsafe.com to look at their plans and use the coupon code CC podcast to save 10%. All right. Automatically guardian nation members, by the way, our guardian nation members save actually more, but all of you just for listening to the podcast can save 10% minimum by using coupon code CC for concealed carry CC podcast. All right. Thanks so much for your support of our sponsors. Let's get to our first story. Matthew. Yes, tell sir. About this Cleveland Lyft driver. And uh, I mean, first of all, and you have written here that Lyft by Lyft, we mean, you know, like, like, uh, um, you know, the ride share service. Um you have here noted Lyft sucks. <laughs> and we <laughs> yeah, have good reason for that based on the story. But but there's actually some really, really powerful stuff in this story just in terms of the actual self-defense part of the story. But then you'll you'll tell us the reason why uh, Lyft is uh, not as awesome <laughs> as we'd like them to be. So tell, tell us more. What's the yeah. Story? Okay. So um, this happened January 13th. Um, so this happened in Cleveland. A uh, woman, she's a Lyft driver. Um, her name's Cynthia. She picks up a pair of guys um, and they want her to take them to this club or this this building. Um, they get in. Uh, the, the Lyft policy that with COVID is the passengers sit in the back. But one of the passengers, um, in, you know, is insistent and wants to sit up front. So she allows it. She allows one of them to sit up front in the passenger seat and the other ones in the back seat. Uh, she gets to the destination where, where they're uh, going and she realizes that the building is closed. Like it's, it's not open. There's nobody there. And it's sort of like a secluded area. Um, at that point, the guy behind her starts choking her and the guy in the passenger seat starts punching her in the face. Um, she, 
from the, from the, uh, the article here. And, and there's a, there's a good um, video that where you can watch her and get her own words and see her. Um, she's, she's pretty, uh, it, it's, it's a fun interview if you want to do it, but, um, but so she grabs a firearm out of the center council. Now, I don't know if that's like the center armrest or, you know, up front, I'm not exactly sure, but says the center council. And when she produces the firearm, both of the dudes start running and she fires six rounds. Um, unsure if either one of them were struck because they're outstanding and um, nobody knows who they are. They use, you know, a fake name of, of course, to, to uh, charter the lift and everything like that. So, um, so she saves, you know, she's okay. She has some injury uh, in the video. You'll see she has uh, like her, her eyes all bloody uh, from being punched and everything. So she was assaulted. Um, she's okay. She saves herself. Unfortunately, Lyft has a no gun policy for their drivers and it's zero tolerance. And so they fire her. So now this woman who just saved her, you know, her life um, and, and defended herself, um, now is out of a job and uh, not making any money, which, I mean, if you're a Lyft driver, you're probably, you know, um, doing whatever you can to, to, to make ends meet, right? Like that's, um, it's not somebody's career choice probably, and especially during COVID. So it's, it's especially sucky, if that's a word, um, for Lyft to do that, you know, I understand a policy and even in this article, they kind of follow up with Lyft and talk to the, talk to Lyft, um, one of the spokesmen and they say, yeah, they, they doubled down. They said, that's our policy. We don't, we don't have any guns in our cars. So, um, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. so it, it, it does suck for her. She's alive and hopefully she can get, get another job, but, um, yeah, maybe let Lyft know and, um, not choose them for your ride sharing activities i don't know well yeah i mean so first of all they are a private corporation well mm-hmm. you know they're they're not government run right so mm-hmm. um i believe they are publicly traded but anyway um but still they are a corporation they're a business and mm-hmm. hey it's america free country right so to me freedom says that that business just like our business right it should be free to do business in the manner that they feel is right and appropriate um, within reasonable limits, of course, obviously you can't do anything illegal. And I know that there's some that would say, well, but, but the second amendment, you know, like it should be against the law for them to prohibit uh, the right of a person to carry a gun for personal defense. Uh, but you know what? This is the way the law is, is, is written. This is the way the law is applied in these in these situations um so you know what it's lifts right in place to have that policy it's our choice to work for them or not work for them or to ride with them or not ride with them um this person you know so, so the cool thing about her story is i think she did all the right things okay mm-hmm. by that i mean she was she's a driver for lyft and um you know, she, she carried a gun with her for personal protection. And unfortunately, she needed it that day or that night. And she was able to use it. She was able to thwart this uh, brutal attack on her. Keep in mind, again, as you covered, there was a man in the backseat choking her from behind. 
while a man in the front passenger seat was punching her in the face. Um, that's a really bad, bad place to be. And she was able to defend herself. It cost her her job. And you know what she did? I, I look at it and I go, you know what? She's in her vehicle. She's doing her thing. She's working for a company. She knew the policy. Well, I, I you know, she presumably knew the policy. I don't know, uh, but you obviously signed contracts and things. And so, um, she had to do something that was uh, more important and that was save her life, find another job later. All right. So good for her. Now, the one thing I noticed I picked up on in the story is that her gun was being carried in the center console. Mm-hmm. Now, um, generally not what we recommend for how you transport or carry a gun in the vehicle, especially if it's, if it's uh, needed to be used in, in defense. Now, clearly she was able to get to it and that's good, but, if she could get to it, couldn't her attacker have gotten to it as well? Mm-hmm. See, that's that's the point. It was in the center console. So, obviously, she had to reach for and, you know, get into the center console, open that up, retrieve her gun. In the course of that, it's po- very possible and likely that her attacker could have picked up on what she was doing and could have also grabbed her gun and used it against her. Uh, so, on her person would have been probably better, Okay. But uh, um, as far as the retention and the protection of that firearm. But again, you know what? It is what it is. It's in the past. We learn lessons from stuff like this. We move on. There's probably a lot of lessons beyond this even, uh, uh, you know, that she probably even herself is taking away from this. That may not be as readily apparent to us as far as there may have been some, some cues or some things about how this went down, um, how she ended up picking up these guys like there, there's just probably all kinds of things that I, I would guess that that she could take away from this and learn and hopefully be a little bit better protected in the future but i'm glad she was able to defend herself and yeah you know good 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 for her and hopper's got a great quite or a great comment a great point here on facebook saying if she was dragged out of the car and the gun was in the center console still that's one of the big reasons why we're we're proponents of on body carry uh because whether it's carjacking, whether it's a situation where you choose to get out of the vehicle for whatever reason, and in the haste of, of that moment, you neglect and don't think to grab your gun, which is in the center console. Or nor, you know, keep in mind, too, people will sometimes get in the car, take the gun with the holster, all that out together out of their waistband, stick it in the cup holder or in the center console. It takes some time to grab that and stick it back in the web in the waistband and, and clip it on and everything. So, so there's a lot of reasons why if it's not carried on your person, it might, uh, then it's in certain contexts, it's, it's not going to do any good, right? If, if you are removed from where that gun is, is being transported or carried. So just some things to keep in mind, some good lessons. Yeah. And, and I like the point that you, you made uh, about, you know, preventative or being uh, kind of those cues, right? Trying to be perceptive. If you're a Lyft driver, if you're a cab driver, or somebody who deals with public um, at all nights, right? You're picking up fares, or you're you're dealing. Maybe you're a clerk who works at night or something. Um, you gotta you gotta start paying attention to body language, pre-assault mm-hmm. indicators, these types of things. You got to because. Um, you know, luckily she was able to save herself with the, using the firearm, but it would have been preferable had she seen this fake name come up, say that's not a name, kind of been able to kind of judge these guys before and said, hey, 
you know, I, I'm sorry, I can't take you any further. I'm, I'm going to stop at this gas station or where all these people are. Um, you know, so so I think that's a a big piece of our whole, you know, mindset about concealed carry. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yep, absolutely. Turning now to a story out of Florida, uh, Punta Gorda, Florida, specifically. Um, this is uh, quite a quite a story, and this is this is an unjustified use of deadly force type story. This is a what not to do story. Okay, so the story goes down that uh, you basically had a road rage incident. Uh, the man that's considered to be the victim in this case said he was driving along. Uh, when this other driver, a 62-year-old man, cut him off and ran him off the road. Okay, so it could have been something. It could have. It's it's something that could have started off benign, as far as like people make mistakes when they're driving, right? It sometimes happens, and don't see another driver and cut you off, and you got to go off the road or something to avoid it. Whatever, that kind of thing can happen, right? So what happens is that uh, the victim says he tried to pass this car that drove that pat that uh, uh, cut him off and to try to get away from him, it says, but uh, the 62 year old driver continued to run him off the road. While this was happening, the victim's sister and her boyfriend were in another car behind him watching the incident unfold. And it keeps, ref- I'm just going to use the man's name because it'll make it simpler. Sperlin. This is the 62 year old driver that, that did the cutting off part. Okay. He then apparently followed the victim to their apartment complex and parked his car in the middle of the lot, blocking the victim in. The victim said Sperlin went up to him and started yelling profanities at him. Sperlin allegedly pulled out his gun, a silver Kimber Micro 9, that's strangely specific, a handgun with a green laser and pointed it at both the victim and his sister's boyfriend. Sperlin is accused of pointing the laser directly at one of the men's head. The victim pushed the other man out of the way and asked Sperlin to put the gun down, which he apparently then did. After exchanging profanities, Sperlin allegedly grabbed the victim by the throat, causing the victim to push Sperlin to the ground. Keep in mind, dude still has a gun, (laughs) right? Uh, The victim's girlfriend tried to take pictures of Sperlin's tag and vehicle, but the victim said Sperlin noticed and swatted the phone out of her hand. The woman said Sperlin grabbed her by the shoulders and shook her back and forth. A neighbor told deputies he heard the yelling and screaming and stopped Sperlin from grabbing his gun again while asking him to leave. The neighbor tried to force Sperlin back to his car, and while doing so, his blue hat fell to the ground, and Sperlin then took the neighbor's hat and sped off. A deputy was in the area and stopped Sperlin in a traffic stop, and he was arrested. He admitted to the road rage incident and admitted that he had a gun that he pointed at the victims. And the gun was found in his vehicle along with the blue hat that he stole from the neighbor witness person. So he is now charged with aggravated assault with deadly weapon, two counts of battery, and uh, one count of improper exhibition of a dangerous weapon. Uh, I would say they probably could have added a uh, 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 armed robbery charge to this as well. I mean, he, he stole property. Okay, keep in mind that the value of the property is not uh, in most states not relevant when it when it's an armed robbery that's committed. So, uh, yeah, 
throw throw the book at the guy. I mean, he was clearly very much so in the wrong here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the situations I look at, Matthew, and I, I I think to myself, this is probably, I hate to say it this way, and some people would disagree with me, but up to this point in this man's life, I don't know for a fact, but it didn't say anything about this guy having a, a criminal record or anything like that. But we've seen these kind of situations play out with with other people as well like this, where you've got a man who's caught up in a fit of rage because of this incident. It's road rage. There's a reason it's called that. And uh, for whatever reason, can't control his emotions. Um, and, and up to this point in his life may very well have been a, a generally law abiding citizen. Who knows? Mm-hmm. With a, perhaps even a concealed carry permit, right? To carry this gun. I don't know this for a fact, I, but I'm just saying that this would not surprise me. All right. And he just loses it, right? Because, again, can't control his emotions. Um, now he's going to go to jail for probably a long time mm-hmm. and lose all his Second Amendment rights because he couldn't just be a respectful, you know, normal, decent human being in this, in this one situation. Um, I fear that this is one of the things that, you know, the anti-gunners try to point at you know, anytime that we push for less restrictive gun laws, the anti-gunners often say, well, it's going to turn things into the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. As a general rule, that's not true, right? When we look at things from a from a, 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 a national level perspective or even just a broader perspective, when we loosen gun laws we don't necessarily see this rash of violence and wild west type vigilantism. However, they are correct in that there are limited situations where people that can't control themselves get too amped up in the moment emotionally and make decisions that unfortunately they can't take back because the moment the gun comes out of the holster uh, and comes into the picture, everything changes. You can't, you just, you can't take it back. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, this is definitely a big lesson about what not to do uh, on a variety of fronts. I mean, we can even look at this from a, from the victim's perspective, not to blame the victim necessarily. However, um, we don't know if we have all the details here. It says that, that this man ran the victim off the road, but then it says the victim tried to pass him. Right. Okay. You know, maybe the better play was to not try to push the issue and just back off and let it be what it, what it, what it be. Right. Um, so, so keep in mind that when we engage in disputes on the road and dispute by that, I'm using that term very broadly, right? Even things as little as honking at somebody to express your displeasure at them for doing something on the road that has led to road rage and, and acts of violence. Right. Mm-hmm. So give this some thought and, and have the cooler head where it comes to your driving. Yeah. It, I mean, you make all good points, uh, you know, and we, we do cover this generally in these episodes, you know, the, the same mentality. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, I, I always tell like, especially brand new concealed carriers because, you know, it, it's, 
they want to use the firearm. Like people, people, brand new shooters or brand new concealed carriers often focus on the firearm because that's what their goal is to get, to be able to carry the firearm. So kind of like their mind goes to the firearm and they think that that is like going to be the solution to many physical confrontations or assaults or, and, and sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. And so I think, you know, we have to always remember that it's defensive use only. Right. And so, um, yep. you know, I, this guy, I, I don't understand exactly, um, you know, what he, it, this, this, by him pulling the firearm out and pointing it at somebody um, tells me that if the roles were reversed, that he probably wouldn't have even used the firearm appropriately, even on a defensive situation, right? Like he, he doesn't understand the, the the application of the firearm. He's using it as a, as a fear fact, fear tactic um, to change someone's behavior. Similarly, like when we tell people, Hey, don't draw out the firearm, hoping that it's going to deescalate a situation because sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it was a Kimber Micro Nine, so it probably would have jammed after the first round, anyways. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you have one of those, I'm kidding. but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, and you mentioned not to blame the victims, but like, if I'm if I'm following somebody and I see this road rage incident starting to take place, I'm going to call the police probably, or I'm at least going to, you know, be uh, call my, you know, the person in front of me and say, hey, dude, like, just this guy's crazy. Don't, don't get into like a, a speed race uh, with this guy. Don't get in front of him so he can follow you. Right. Like if he couldn't yep. have followed, if he would have just drawn back, yep. um, taken a turn or just pulled in a parking lot, the guy wouldn't have been able to follow him. So um, it's, it's another kind of like those cautionary st- start thinking about your, your um, what you're going to do before you actually get some lunatic pointing a, gun at your face right like try to start doing these things a little bit beforehand so you can avoid these things because you'll never know what you've avoided you could have avoided this guy right like if you live in this town you might have avoided that same incident happening to you and maybe the guy actually pulls the trigger on that time you know what i mean and you lose your life so you don't know that if you ran into this guy or if this guy's in your neighborhood you know there's they're all over right lunatics are all over so by avoiding we don't know what we've avoided um, but you know, it's, it's a good thing if we can. So, yep. Yep. Some great comments on Facebook, by the way, uh, folks, uh, Casey here saying that many people believe that their anger is righteous and they give themselves permission to act this way because they believe it's justified. Um, I, I can see that. Right. And, uh, and here's the other thing too. Let's look at this from just like, a from uh, who's the instigator type, you know, uh, perspective. So, so this, and it, I get the impression, this gentleman, this uh, 62 year old man, uh, Sperlin, who's the, uh, the accused in this case, I get the impression that he um, was, was, or that his victim was younger than him. Uh, if you watch the video, there's somebody that was, was involved. I mean, point is, is like, this is an older, older guy, most likely against somebody a little bit younger than him. You get out of your vehicle, you're in this altercation. You might perceive that there's some risk towards yourself, but be careful about your perceptions. Okay. And simply saying, I feared for my life is not automatic. Get out of jail free card. 
But all of that's null and void, especially if you are the instigator. And running somebody off the road accidentally, that that's not by itself bad. Okay. I mean, it shouldn't happen, but it but people make mistakes. Continuing to do so, that's something else. And then following somebody, chasing them down, and then boxing them in in their parking lot. This, this, that completely removes your 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 element of innocence. Okay, so you no longer have any presumption of innocence, even if at this point you get out of the vehicle to confront them, and they do something violent towards you, like legitimately to a point where where you have to defend your your life. Guess what? You are the one that basically picked this fight this day, and your actions portray that. Okay, so. Just something to cons- you know to consider. It, it's easy to lose yourself in the moment and get caught up in the, in the heat of everything, and uh, not realize actually what you are giving up if you're not careful, and you give up your presumption of innocence because of earlier actions that at the, in the moment you might not have thought anything of, right? But as things continue to escalate, guess who? is painted in a, in a poor light. It, it's, it's you, it's this man, right? Now, I don't, I, I'd like to think that he didn't think it was going to get to this level, you know, beforehand. I, I could be wrong in that, but uh, the fact is people in the heat of the moment do stupid stuff and we got to be smarter and better than that. We got to avoid it in the first place. Well, in advance, mm-hmm. let's go now to, Let's see. This one's out of Kentucky. Uh, very, very, very rural part of Kentucky, mind you. Uh, story is home intruder fatally shot. This happened in far middle fork, Kentucky, McGoffin County. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Matthew, give us a rundown on the story. Yeah, so this one uh, is going to require a little bit of speculation on my part because it, it doesn't read exactly uh, fluidly, but, uh, this happened on January 22nd, um, a Sunday. And so, uh, call comes in, uh, somebody, there's been a shooting, uh, at, at a residence, uh, mm-hmm. they get there. Apparently this is what happened. So a uh, couple gets home, they return to their home. Uh, it looks like it's some sort of, um, like a mobile home type, uh, home. And, um, they get there and somebody is illegally it, uh, from the from the story. It seems like they were uh, when they arrived home. Somebody was illegally in their home and coming out of their home, or heard right. them coming home and exits the exits the the home. Um, no, that's what I got from it as well. Yeah, so it, it kind of jumps around if you're reading the article, but uh, it seems like that's probably the best uh, uh, you know reasoning given what we have. Um, so th- this, this person who was, who had broken into the home comes out and there's a confrontation, uh, at the vehicle, at the owner's vehicle as they get out. Um, and so a physical altercation takes place. Doesn't say who started it, but it's really irrelevant. Uh, physical altercation takes place and, um, the homeowner, uh, he, he arrived home with his, I believe it's his wife or there are two of them there. Uh, as they as they arrive, so there's two of, two of the homeowners. They get there. Um, altercation takes place. He breaks contact with the with the uh, subject who just came out of the home and reaches into his car and gets out his, of course, his 22 
Ruger, all right, and fires a shot in the air, okay, um, and says, uh, let me get the the exact uh, quote. Um, da, 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 da. Well, it said that, uh, so this, keep in mind, so there's, there's, there's this confrontation as they confront the man that's exiting the home and they tell him to get off the property. Uh, He says he then walked around the corner of his SUV. This is the homeowner grabbed the Ruger 22 and fired one shot in the air. He asked the, uh, the, the home intruder to please leave the property. But the suspect then grabbed a hammer and came around the front of the vehicle, threatening his life. And at that point he then fired and shot this home intruder in the chest, single shot, one shot, and killed him. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking for the, the quote that says, you know, please leave the property after being assaulted, right? Um, which he has tremendous restraint to, like, the dude just came out of his home. He assaults him, and he says, all right, please leave the property, and fires around in the air. Now, obviously, you know, we could talk about, you know, uh, warning shots and how that's probably not the greatest here. It's probably not going to hit anybody in this rural area, but still not the greatest technique or, or tactic. Um, but the amazing thing is, is that he then, you know, the guy picks up a hammer and of course justified um, fires one round from this 22 and kills him. Um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that's just crazy, right? We, we always say, you know, 22 long rifle is not the best self-defense caliber, um, it doesn't penetrate enough usually, and it doesn't expand is that all these things. Right. Um, but in this case it worked. And so, um, for all you guys that are like a 22 is better than nothing. I, I, here's your story, right? Like this is your juice. Um, yep. but, um, you know, honestly, it's probably not the best round to be, or gun to be, uh, counting on your life. Right. If let's say, you know, this didn't work. Right. It's like every other Ruger 22 that, you know, fires ammunition that's not CCI. Right. It jams. Um, and he wasn't able to stop this dude with a hammer. Um, things would have been probably different. So and any, any gun can jam, of course. But, um, you know, this this is one of those crazy stories. And we have to eat our hat a little bit and say sometimes 22 <laughs> works. Um, but crazy stuff happens. I seen people die just from a little Swiss army knife getting jammed and it just happens to cut a, you know, into their aorta and, um, mm. and then dudes get shot up with 45 caliber gun gunshots and they're fine. You know, they, they mm. survive. So it's a weird, weird world, but this was a yep. weird story. Yep. Yeah. Just go ask uh, Tim Grammons about that. Uh, in case you all don't remember, he's the, Chicago area cop that uh, shot had to shoot his the bad guy that he was you know engaged with uh, about thirteen or fourteen times with a forty five before his threat ceased being a threat. Um, shot placement is what matters, right? As assuming that the round penetrates deeply enough to reach the vitals, then shot placement trumps everything pretty much, right? So. Uh, you know, in this case, it seems that this one shot from a 22 went right where it needed to in the chest and produced the, the desired effect, meaning uh, stopping the threat. This, this man was very obviously a threat, had a hammer and was threatening to use it and was coming towards the, the, uh, the resident of this home. 
And uh, he did what, you know, the resident may have made some mistakes and maybe his choice of self-defense handgun is not my choice, not my preferred choice, uh, because a 22, as you pointed out, the biggest issue there that I see is, is that they, it is less consistent in its penetration and, and uh, ballistic performance in terms of the terminal ballistics than some other larger calibers would be, right? But in this case, it got the job done. So there we go. That's all we needed it to do. All right. Um, I will say this much. I would take, however, a 22 long rifle over a 25 ACP or even sometimes a 32 ACP. Um, I think there's just something about the, the size of a 22. It doesn't have such a large frontal area um, that it's able to penetrate at its velocities that it travels at. Whereas you get into some of these, slightly larger pistol rounds, 25 and 32s, for instance, that have just enough surface area and resistance that they encounter when they are penetrating things that they just don't have the the energy, the, the velocity together combined with the mass of the bullet to uh, penetrate deeply enough consistently. Anyway, just something to think about. All right, let's go now to the Chicago area. A man shoots robber who is holding up a woman at gunpoint in Calumet Heights, police say. So, again, this is in the Chicago, Illinois area. Kind of interesting story. And uh, sharing the images of it here on the uh, screen for those that are viewing this episode today. Uh, did not want volume on that. There we go. Um, apparently, we're getting a weather update first. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to show us the story. So. What happens is a 39-year-old woman is walking on the street and a robber walks up, pulls out a gun, and demands you know, her stuff. Um, another man who happens to witness this approaches her and the robber and took out his own gun and shot the robber. So the robber was wounded in the right leg and found his own way to Jackson Park Hospital where his condition was stabilized. So pretty simple and straightforward story. Not a whole lot of real analysis to do on this one other than, you know, stuff can go down at any time of the day. Uh, you know, you're just walking along, minding your own business. You think everything's just, you know, hunky-dory, whatever. And next thing you know, you're watching a rob an armed robbery take place right in front of you. Uh, you've got a split second to make a decision about what you're going to do. Are you going to engage? Are you going to take it upon yourself, which is a big ask, okay? It's a big responsibility once you choose to intervene in a situation that you are not the direct party to. Um, we've got to know that we are reading the situation for what it is accurately, right? Um, it's probably not too hard in a situation like this one uh, with an armed robbery taking place. It's probably fairly evident, you know, what's what's taking place. But we still have to be careful and, and make sure we understand really what the situation is because people have misunderstood or misread situations before and made the wrong decision. The other big thing here is you got to be prepared to make good shots. If you're going to shoot the gun. You've got to be accountable for, for those rounds you fire. Now, the robber in this case was wounded in the, in the leg. Um, if you're aiming for the chest, your shooting sucks, bro. <laughs> you, 
I kind of wonder if this was a case where this person intentionally shot this robber in the leg. Mm. I don't know. I mean, and some of this may depend on what the distance is too, you know, and just how good of a shot you are, but it's kind of suspect to me to, to be honest. Right. When I read that, I'm like, huh, shot him in the leg. Huh? So was this an intentional act? The shooting in the leg part? I hope not. Okay. Cause keep in mind, this robber is armed. We need to take the shot that gives us the greatest chance of success in stopping the threat. Okay. That's just a fact. You shoot for the leg and this robber is armed with a gun of his own. I mean, hello. Like there, I, I would say both this, this man who is the, the guardian or the good Samaritan in this case, he's helping out this woman who's being robbed. I'd say both this man and this woman are lucky that they, they didn't get themselves shot because of the fact this man only shot the robber in the leg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 as you were going through that, I I think whether he shot him in the leg on purpose or was an accident, both. And and in the short notes, I kind of, I put um, good shot, bad judgment with a question mark. Like, okay, yeah. First think about, are you willing to get involved in these things? Uh, Think about it generally. Each individual is listening, right? Like, what are you willing to get involved in? But whether or not he shot the person in the leg or, or was it intentionally or not, both of those situations are horrible because either he's taking a shot that he shouldn't take because he can't hit accuracy accurately. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's putting that woman in, in, in very in jeopardy of hitting her, potentially shooting her or somebody else. If he's that yeah. bad shot, absolutely. Right? Or he's taking the decision to shoot somebody in the leg, which is poor tactically and poor mindset. Right. And so in either event, you know, it, it, he has a noble cause. Like his, his I'm sure his, he's well-intentioned. Like the intense, the tension is great. The execution and the result is is really bad. And so, um, like you said, thankfully that everybody survived. But I mean, this is why you know sometimes to intervene may not be the right thing. I'm not saying in this we don't know enough, but like think about this, guys. Like, what are you willing to get involved in? And um, also be aware that like there there are certain states where if you make a mistake of fact, like you intervene on somebody else's behalf and they weren't actually uh, justified to use deadly force, you could put you in legal jeopardy um, it, it, criminally too. So yep. think about that. You know, I'm not and I'm not saying don't intervene. I'm not saying be a coward. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying um, just think about these things before they happen. So you, in general. And then so that way you can have kind of a reference point to go off of, because this, like you said, it happened so quickly. What are you going to do? You're going to make that decision. We remember last week, I think, or last, not last week, last episode, we talked about the guy at the gun store, gun range. And he intervened when the, the one guy at the range was shooting somebody else at the range and he intervened. Um, that a- ended up uh, being de- deemed a justified uh, defensive use of, of deadly force. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm not, it's it's just one of those things. So just think about it beforehand, maybe. I don't know if Riley's audio cut off or not. I am not hearing him. He must have frozen. So we will go to the next story here. Um, this comes from Des Moines. A man picking up his stolen car fatally shot 
an, an alleged street robber in Des Moines. All right. So Riley, when he jumps back in, he's going to be bummed because this was his story that he really wanted to go. So I'm going to give you the brief overview. Hopefully he jumps in. Um, basically what happens is uh, a man has his vehicle stolen. Uh, police contact him and say, hey, we found your vehicle. He rides his motorcycle out to the location where they find the vehicle. He's waiting there for a tow truck um, to tow the vehicle. Um, and uh, as he's there, a van pulls up with two occupants and tries to rob him of his motorcycle. And so now that Riley's back, I'll let him fill in the rest because this was his his uh, baby. He liked this one a lot. So um, I'm up to where two guys in the van show up at this uh, at, with this guy in the, uh, who's waiting to uh, recover his vehicle. Yeah. Um, and real quick, I, I wanted to just throw, you know, since I did get cut off all of a sudden there with my internet, apparently um, on that last story, uh, I appreciate you sharing all your points about um, the, the judgment, right? Like you choose to get involved in a situation and if your shooting sucks, you're making a poor decision, you know, getting in, involved in something where you, well, maybe you don't know, right? Because Dunning-Kruger is a thing, right? You don't know what you don't know. You don't, you know, but that's, <laughs> you don't get involved in a situation if you know you don't have what it takes to perform. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the way I look at it. And it goes back to the episode you and I did, I think, just last week, right? Talking about what shooting skills does a CCWer really need and 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 the importance of of training to standards and knowing what standards you are able to perform and being able to kind of give you an idea of what is what we think is good enough right good enough is a is a very complicated and complex thing to figure out and i actually touched on some of these things earlier today with matt little in the in the episode 477 as well that kind of are along this thread but anyway just i really appreciate you pointing that out and i i wanted to make that connection pointing out that con- that related um topic to the episode we just did last week and that's why it's relevant yeah. On to this story out of um, Des Moines. Uh, so, and it's curious because this actually is being reported in the Seattle Times, <laughs> but but this was in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, the story basically goes that a man uh, was he reported his vehicle as being stolen. Okay, some you know number of days before the uh, self defense incident occurs, and so uh, his vehicle is reported stolen. Um, a couple days later, police end up, says actually two days later, the vehicle was located by Des Moines police officers. The owner asked that the car not be impounded because that would be what they would do typically, right? But it sounds like in this case, they were able to get a hold of him and say, we found your vehicle, come and get it. It's your responsibility. Otherwise, we're going to impound it, right? Owner obviously doesn't want that because then he's going to have to pay impound fees to get his car out. So, so the owner goes over to the vehicle. Um, apparently there's not police there waiting for him or, or assisting him in this. Cause I don't think what happens next would have happened if that were the case. And so the owner goes to the vehicle's location, calls a tow truck so they can come and, you know, cause he, the owner has ridden his motorcycle to the site of his recovered stolen vehicle. Right, so now he's gotten getting a tow truck so he can get 
both vehicles you know, back home, essentially. He's sitting there waiting for the tow truck. And while doing this, you know, while, while waiting, a SUV pulls up alongside. A 45-year-old man gets out of that SUV and just starts talking to him and asking him about his motorcycle. The 45-year-old man then pulls a gun and demands this man's backpack. Pocketing, and so then it says that the bad guy, okay, the robber here, pockets his weapon, okay, as the good guy hands over his bag, his backpack. At that point, the good guy, and this is, by the way, this is like textbook perfect. You know, if you are, if you're making that decision to engage in a robbery situation, as far as we can tell, as far as we can read this and discern from this article, but the good guy is handing over his backpack to the bad guy. And as that's occurring, he then pulls out his own gun and goes to engage. The, the, the 45 year old suspect also grabs his gun again. Remember he had, I guess, pocketed it or whatever, but he's able to grab his gun and fire once missing the good guy, fortunately for him. And the good guy returns fire striking the suspect multiple times who then dies. Hmm. Also, fortunately, police were able to locate and arrest the driver of this SUV. And as far as they can tell, the, the fact that this guy's vehicle was stolen and he's there to try to recover it. And these two men that pull up in the SUV to rob him is, is unrelated as far as we could tell, as far as police uh, are aware, which is kind of interesting. So it just appears as though it may have been a crime of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, the lesson here is, and I don't know what kind of neighborhood this, this happened in, right. You know, uh, the fact that this is a crime of opportunity, I mean, it could happen anywhere, but perhaps this stolen vehicle was located in a less than ideal neighborhood, safety-wise, right, crime-wise. Um, maybe it'd not be a bad idea to consider in the future, or any of us, if we found ourselves in a similar situation, have a buddy, okay, uh, to not be alone in a place uh, that we're unfamiliar with or that is potentially unsafe for us to be in. Um, time of day, of course, can play into this. Um, and even, even having a buddy wouldn't necessarily be a, an assurance that this sort of thing wouldn't happen, but it certainly would be better than being there and being alone. So really a remarkable story of self-defense and bravo to this, uh, to this man. He's 31 years old. So a relatively young, young guy. I mean, at least I look at it that way now. Definitely compared to Matthew, he's a young man. <laughs> I mean, this is this is one of those stories. When, when I read this, I'm like, you just can't make this kind of thing up, right? Uh, there, there's so many stories that we cover that are are more textbook, if you will. It's like, well family was at home at 2 a.m. Somebody broke in, you know, homeowner grabbed gun, shot bad guy kind of, you know, like it just more predictable. This is one of those stories that just, I mean, you just couldn't even see this sort of thing coming yeah. and the way it played out. Yeah. It, it's it. And I, you know, when you got cut off, I was like, Oh, Riley's going to be really upset. Cause this is a cool story. Um, you hit all the points, you know, and what I would, what I would add also is that just, um, you know, think about, um, you know, um, that this guy, right. He, he 
picked his opportunity. Like as the guy, he hands him the bag, the guy, you know, uh, pockets his, the bad guy pockets his firearm. So he picks that opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to comply. And then I'm going to use this as a diversion or an opportunity because mm-hmm. this guy putting his gun away. Um, and, and somebody could argue, right? Like they could say, oh, well, he didn't have a gun at the time that he shot him or, you know, at, at the time he, he drew his firearm out is in his pocket. So, you know, was he still a threat? Well, of course, I mean, he's actively robbing you. There's another guy in the van. Um, he has a firearm in his pocket just because he puts it in his pocket for a second doesn't mean that he can't pull it out. So, I, I mean, I don't think there's any question that this was a justified shooting of even, even considering or not even uh, with the fact that the bad guy takes his firearm back out and starts shooting. I think even without that, it's a, it's a justified shooting, but um, you know, it wasn't like the guy got in the car, then drove away and then you start shooting at him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was one of those things like this is, this is what, uh, we kind of think of, we can't think of every situation, but we can also, we can sometimes think, okay, if, if I'm being robbed for my wallet or if I'm being robbed of a backpack or a car keys or whatever, Hey, I'm going to put it on the ground. The guy bends over. It, it gives me, it affords me an opportunity to pick and choose if I want to get engaged, if I can move, if I can create distance. So um, just in general, this guy, you know, I don't, we don't know if he had any training or anything like that. I would think that he probably had a cool mind because to, to be able to do that and, and to, to think like that uh, requires a level of uh, composure. Yep. Yep. Very, very great observations. Uh, again, that the way this was handled, I think was just absolutely textbook. Uh, as you pointed out, creating that opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that is your, that is your tool as a self-defender. If you're in a similar situation and and you've made that decision now for whatever reason that, okay, I, I, I have to engage or I'm going to engage. Um, this is the tactic or this is a tactic, right? If, if you have this option, uh, this is, this is the way that you start turning that tide, right? Cause initially the bad guy has the initiative, right? He has the advantage. He has the element of surprise. He caught you off guard in the first place, right? And now it's your opportunity to try to turn that around and you create that by taking advantage of that distraction, handing over the goods, noticing and taking note of the fact that the man put his gun away, uh, albeit briefly. Now it's like, okay, now I can seize the initiative. Classic use of, of good tactics here. And uh, now the bad guy was still able to get a shot off, right? So this is one of those things. It's like, well, was the good guy's skill up to snuff, right? How did this bad guy get that shot off, right? If he truly had the gun put away and he's in the middle of grabbing this backpack, I should have at least a second and probably closer to two seconds to really, you know, considering all of that, because he, this bad guy still got to he's 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 got to do something with the bag, and get his hand to his gun and get it drawn out again. So, so that's why I'm I'm just saying there's got to be at least probably two seconds. And remember, right? our standard for two seconds was the bill drill, right? Mm-hmm. But even just to get one shot, right? Yeah. Very doable in two seconds. Right. The fact the bad guy was able to get a shot off makes me wonder. You know how what what occurred from the moment that the good guy hands over the backpack and him drawing his gun and, and engaging the bad guy. I don't know. I don't know. 
but I'd like to think that we could uh, prevent even a single shot being fought fired from the bad guy in that instance. Now we don't know all the circumstances, but that's just kind of how I, how I look at that. Yeah. And that's why we train standards. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go now to uh, Matthew. Give us this, uh, the details on the story out of Sugarland, Texas. Yeah, this is one of those kind of textbook uh, run of the mill stories, but it's, it's good uh, to reemphasize, you know, um, the, the basic sort of. So this is Sugarland, Texas. Uh, mom and her eight-year-old child are in the home um, in the middle of the night, 4.30 a.m. Uh, she hears a glass breaking inside her home. She goes down with armed with her, her handgun um, and sees a subject reaching in through the broken window and trying to get into her door. Um, she fires through the, the door, um, striking the suspect. He takes off and police, you know, she calls the police, police find him, you know, follow the blood trail, find him in the, in the bushes and take him to the hospital, arrest him and everything like that. But this is like one of those things where, you know, um, we talk often like not shooting through doors. Well, she could see this person, right? Like she hit him. So she, you know, it, it, he was breaking through glass. So the, 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 you know, just speculating that she could see this person that she was firing at, as opposed to some of the other stories that we cover when somebody just hears somebody outside and starts shooting through the door. Um, and then, um, yeah, she maintains composure, but you know, this is one of those things where, you know, if she's not armed and this person does gain entry, it's her and her eight-year eight-year-old child. And if she doesn't have a firearm, what it, you know, what are the what are the odds of her not being assaulted or, or her child not being assaulted? You know, so um, just one of those good, warm and fuzzy stories. It shows yep. self-defense and uh, moms doing it for the kids, and really cool. Yep, absolutely. Good stuff, brother. Let's go to this final one. On abc7.com in Hesperia, California, uh, homeowner fends off intruder in gun battle caught on camera. I'm going to go ahead and play this video for us. Uh, those of you that are viewing with us, you'll just see this kind of running in the background as I as I talk it over. Basically, homeowner uh, catches a, a an, an attempted intrusion. Okay, this man's trying to break into the home. He was actually testing the door, pounding on the door. He actually you see him kick it right there. Uh, so he's trying to force his way into this home. I don't know what, you know, what he was thinking. I don't know if uh, he was aware anybody was home or not, but you see that the homeowner engages him with gunfire through the door and this uh, attempted home intruder has a gun of his own. And now the video is rolling on. There we go. So um, pretty crazy stuff. I mean, this is, like I said, an all out gunfight, although not a very effective one on the part of the uh, of the bad guy, and I'll explain why. Uh, but just keep in mind, again, this is another situation where the homeowner is firing shots through the door. We advise caution shooting through things, right? Um, you've got it. First of all, again, it comes down to identifying and and knowing what it is that you're shooting at. But also we have accountability that when we shoot through objects, bullets can be deflected and they may take paths that we don't expect. And again, we are accountable and and have to be held responsible for those rounds. Okay. So advise caution, big time, shooting through objects. All right. The number one foremost thing has got to be able to identify that it is a threat. Uh, And so, yeah, um, 
if you can't do that, then you have no business firing shots. In this case, uh, I, I don't know what the homeowner could see, but it's pretty apparent that this man is trying to break into the home. And I don't know if there was a point where the homeowner was able to see that he had a gun or where the gun that the bad guy had came into the picture. But at some point, he draws the gun out. Apparently a 22 pistol. In fact, I recognized it for what it was. It was a, a Breda Neos pistol, I think is what they're called. Yeah. Um, and we actually witnessed that the uh, that the bad guy had a had a malfunction. Yeah. As he was trying to shoot. Um, one of the other, you know, go, going back to that earlier story about the homeowner that used a 22 in defense. One of the big reasons why we talk about 22s not being uh, not that they aren't viable, but a less ideal choice for defensive use is because rim fire cartridges in particular, just by nature of how they're designed and, and how they work as far as being a rim fire, meaning that the way the primer compound in those works, it's, it's dependent upon some really critical things happening, right? That allows that round to fire rim fires, no matter what you do, never have been and never will be as reliable as center fire cartridges. And that's just that's just a fact of life. So then something we have to recognize. If for whatever reason we have a 22 uh, caliber, you know, 22 long rifle in particular, or 22 magnum for that matter, another rim fire round. Um, if that's our choice for self-defense, just know it is more apt to failing to fire. And we see that happen, I think, two times at least with this bad guy. As he's trying to shoot back at the homeowner through the door, uh, you see a shot fired and then his pistol's jammed. And he's got to get it cleared and he tries to fire again and, and so on and so forth. So um, kudos to this homeowner for you know being on top of it, right? As far as for whatever reason, they made a decision. They had to use deadly force and defense in the situation. And I think they made the right call in that regard. Again, caution with regards to shooting through the door. But, uh, I, you know, this was an armed uh, individual that was trying to break and gain an- entry into their home. And so I don't blame them one bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hit everything on the head. I can't really add anything. I'll just say Hopper made a comment. Don't shoot at sh- sound shapes or shadows. Awesome. Yes, correct. Yep. The triple uh, S disease. Yeah. As Jacob and, termed yep. it. Yeah, that's his his baby. And then Casey says maybe if he had a ring doorbell. Yeah, sure. I mean, right? It, it, these well, things are, obviously had had the surveillance video, right? So I imagine the person was checking that. I suppose. Yeah, probably. And and you know, so and this is one of those things that it's just like you see it on on the camera, right? You see somebody trying to bang it, you know, break down your door is a little bit different than someone uh, surreptitiously sneaking around, right? Like you know, your doors are locked. They're just uh, you know, creeping around your home, that may be different. You see somebody in, in your uh, surveillance camera, but somebody actively trying to break down your door. Um, yeah. I think it's reasonable to say, I, I mean, I gotta be ready that this person's trying to gain entry. And if he does, and I see that he has a firearm in his hand. Um, so yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. that it's a little bit different than just somebody banging on your door in the middle of the night and you saying, you know, uh, hey, let me in. And you think it's, you know, somebody trying to, to, to ruse you into to breaking into your home or something like that. So um, but surveillance cameras, like like Casey said, awesome. Like 
I, nowadays it's almost, you know, the, the, the costs of them are so low and it's the really beneficial, I think, um, for stuff like this, if nothing else, just to give us some cool video to watch. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a compelling video for sure. I mean, anytime you see something like that, you know, we have to put in perspective of we're watching this happen on the front step of somebody's home mm-hmm. and that really drives it home. Right. Uh, that, that this is, you know, these are real people. This is their home. Uh, this could happen just about anywhere. Right. You know, I mean, the title of today's episode, by the way, I, 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 at least I decided to title it that, um, even violence can happen in rural areas or even rural areas can be violent or something to that effect. Uh, not that I'm saying this particular incident was in a rural area, but going back to that incident in Kentucky was in a very, it was like the backwoods part of Kentucky where that incident happened. Right. The point is, you know, sometimes it's so easy to get into this place of comfort and complacency because, well, my neighborhood's a safe neighborhood. Nothing bad ever happens in my neighborhood. Right. But yet, time and time and time again, we share stories and we share stuff from bad neighborhoods. We share stuff from good neighborhoods. And I, I don't know what where this particular uh, uh, home was located necessarily, but you know, the person's got a surveillance camera judging by the, the look of the front entry way. looks like a decent little home. Um, stuff happens wherever, right? So be prepared, be ready to act, have a plan in place and be trained to a, a level. Okay. Where you have confidence in your abilities to perform under pressure. If something like this were to go down. That's that's all my takeaways for from today's stories today. Yeah, yeah, it's an overarching uh, principle, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. That's that's the last of our stories uh, as far as justified safe stories. We do need to do um, our weekly giveaway. So, guys, remember each week you have opportunity to uh, to to sign up for and participate in our weekly podcast giveaway. Uh, that is done at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. Once per week, you've got to log in there and you don't really log in, but you got to go to that page and and fill it out and sign up for the, for the current giveaway. It, it, it changes every week. So guys, uh, yeah, super excited to have a, another winner here today. Uh, Matthew's going to pick that winner for us right now and announce it. So I'm going to do a little drum roll. Here we go. All right. Winner is Dean. Dean, you are the lucky winner. Congratulations. Right. Yeah. You won a laser dot trainer. Very yes. cool. Dean winner of the laser dot training cartridge. That's a, a laser emitting cartridge you place in your chamber of your gun for training purposes for dry fire works with the uh, laser X software works with any other software that relies on a laser uh, from, from a, you know, being fired from a training gun of some sort and uh, yeah, ready up gear is uh, the supplier of the laser dot trainer. So congrats to Dean on being our lucky winner this week, guys. Don't forget to sign up each week and share it as well with your friends and family uh, for additional entries into the giveaway. Your, your chances increase when you share the giveaway with others. Uh, so 
Who, what are we giving away this next week, Matthew? Um, we're going to give away a flannel plaid shirt that matches <laughs> one of Riley's or my shirt. If you're, <laughs> if you're watching on Facebook, we unfortunately wore plaid shirts at the same time. So yeah, you, you, you got the green covered and I've got the blue. We've been getting a lot of comments, but no, uh, <laughs> the next giveaway is a best selling New York Times bestseller legal boundaries by state book. All right. Another copy of the legal boundaries by state book. Uh, a very appropriate book considering uh, the topic of today's today's episode. So guys, uh, go sign up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. And it is that time to bid you adieu till next week. Thank you, Matthew, for doing this with me today. Thank you, sir. And we'll let you go and get back to your family and uh, all the rest of you. Be safe out there and take care of your families and your households. But make sure you do it the right way. And part of that is remembering to train right, train often, and train safe. So you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.